everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Today, we're going to recap and review Higher Learning, a 1995 drama film written and directed by John Singleton and starring Jennifer Connelly, Ice Cube, Omar Epps, Michael Rapoport, Christy Swanson, and Lawrence Fishburne. The movie made $38.3 million and is definitely considered a hood movie classic. But today, we will determine whether it is a classic from the right perspective. We'll do a recap, discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked especially for this discussion. And remember to like, share, and subscribe. Let's start with the intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright. I'm the oldest. I'm Janiah Wright. I'm the middle. Hi, I am Brittany Wright, and I am the youngest. And y'all, higher <laughs> learning. Okay, so the first thing is, even in the intro, when we're calling this movie a hood movie, that's really interesting because is this a hood movie? Because one of our criteria for hood movies has always been that the hood that they needed to be in the hood. Haven't we always said that? But we have, but I would think that the caveat, or it involves hood people. You know, okay. like, you know, because because if you had a movie where like a whole bunch of hood dudes, a whole bunch of hood people went to the Swiss Alps to ski, it would still be <laughs> a hood movie. You know what I'm saying? Because, but that would be a funny movie actually. But, that actually but I'm really just, would. But I'm just saying. You heard about it here first on the right perspective because y'all already started taking some of our ideas. Don't copyright. It's copyright. <laughs> I feel as though they had enough. So many hood icons and figures that it is officially a hood movie. Well, yeah. my my real like criteria for a hood movie is much more racist. So I don't want to. I'll tell you it. You want to know? Okay, very good. I'll let you know. I just feel like it is a movie that it has not really transcended the black community in a very popular way like Mm -hmm. it is a movie that we could all know and some people may have heard of Mm -hmm. but they would not be able to go like if I say to someone and I'd be like you ain't got to lie Craig we're all gonna know what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. and everybody everybody knows Ice Cube Mm-hmm. Everybody could pull up his filmography like that. That would not be a, a issue. So I think, but his movie, like, are we there yet? That is that has more, that's more mainstream, a, right? It's a wider viewing audience. So that's what I think about a lot of times when I think about hood movies. I'm like, oh, it's all black people. We know it. It doesn't necessarily have to be because there are certain movies that maybe people wouldn't call hood classes, but I might like um, two can play at that game. Don't nobody outside of black people know what that movie is? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Aubrey even knows what it is. But it's <laughs> well, and also I agree. I agree with that criteria. I agree with that you criteria, know, so. because I remember we did a debate before about Love Jones because we haven't reviewed Love Jones yet, did we? No, no, we didn't. Re- but we've talked about it, and I can we I, make the spring black and white when we do that one. Nice. <laughs> also boring for our viewers, but. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of those movies where I do consider it like I would list it as a hood film, but it's it, and in my mind, it's like it's it's just because it's our movie. But do we you do know we, did anybody argue against that? I'm just curious. I can't remember the conversation. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't but, think 
But bro, think, but it doesn't meet your criteria of having a certain kind of character in terms well, of the kinds of black people that they're portraying. I, I I just feel like if it's our movie, you know what I mean? That's yeah, how yeah, I kind no, of think no, about I, it. I, I'm not because I would never argue that Love <laughs> Jones is not a movie. I would yeah. never, I would never, but like even though it doesn't necessarily take place in the uh in the hood, it's also very black situations. You know, okay. you know the, fu- the funny thing I think what it is about hood movies is it's one of those things that you might not necessarily be able to define, but you know when you see it. Mm, that's exactly. You know that's good. You oh yeah, that's you good. You just know. That's <laughs> yeah. good. Uh, we need to pick. We need to pick a voting symbol. And I have one to recommend for us. <laughs> yes. And it is the Columbus statue. Mm. So this movie takes place in a fictional university <laughs> called Columbus University. And they have a big old statue of Columbia, of, course, of Columbus right at the center of the university. And of course, it's because it's at the center of the university when there are things like gatherings on the yard is right there. Okay. I think that that is a perfect symbol for this movie because Mm. what it does is it represents the fundamental lie that undergirds this country. You know, everything that Mm. is supposed to be America, we know that all of those things, they just, they just are, they just, they are not grounded in truths. They are grounded in aspirations that some people have the opportunity to, to, to achieve and some people currently do not, you know, but that fundamental lie of discovering and for our audio listeners, our audio part people, I am putting it in big old quotes when I say discovering, mm-hmm. okay, um, this country, like that very fundamental lie is just, it's the beginning of, it's the, just the root of all of, all of this, you know, and, and what the movie is really about is, um, I mean, it's about a lot of things, but the main characters are all in some way grappling with um you know, the realities of the complexities of this country in its anti-Blackness, you know, um, they're all grappling with that in different ways, okay? And it's anti-womanness, you know? So they're grappling with that in different ways. And it's just about like growing up and 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 accepting the reality of of the terms of what it means to be in this country and to have a, and to 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 aim to thrive, and so I think it all goes back to that fundamental lie, which is, which is symbolized so beautifully by that statue. Oh, well, that's, that's my pr- proposal. Uh, well, I think you did. Y'all come up with any? <laughs> I had thought of just the uh, pipe, and I actually have one pipe. Yeah, the pipe. Uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's pipe. Oh, his pipe. <laughs> Got it. Oh, okay. And I actually have one. At some point, and I tore my eyes up trying to find it. I can't find it. And I wanted to use it for today, but I could not find it. I think I must have thrown it. Man, that would have been a great use of pride. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't find it. Well, what about what about the pipe, bro? I just I I just when I there's nothing deep. Okay. It's just when I think of higher learning, him always make what's the, the name of the character? Uh Professor, I, Let me see. 
Whatever his name Professor is. Professor Maurice Phipps, played yeah. by Lawrence Fitchburn. <laughs> Whenever he was making his points, they were always <laughs> punctuated by that pipe. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, how's he smoking a pipe in the middle of... <laughs> Indoors, outdoors, indoors, in the middle of the, all the other. Uh, uh, he did not care about the mother faculty's death. <laughs> Maybe he lit that thing. I said, "Oh, this is interesting." But, I mean, but you're this as always lung you're, cancer. You're in our life, but it's in our adult lives that we've seen smoking be disallowed in those places. You know, people used to smoke indoors. I remember in that. The 90s? I feel like they did. Because don't you remember being in restaurants and being like, <laughs> Yeah, but not. But yeah, not, the smoking not, section. When, when yeah. did this movie come out? 96? Let's see. I know I just said it, but oh, I can't it was remember. 96? I thought it was early 90s. 95. Wow, I thought it was earlier than that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so. But anyway, that, that, yeah. that, that, that was just a random. Yeah. That always makes me. Whenever I think about higher learning, I think about. Omar Epps' move after the fight. And I think about that pipe. Mm. Yeah, are, we and we gotta talk, we gotta we gotta come back to that that professor character. He's very okay. interesting. All right. Sis, do you have any potential voting symbols for us? No. I was just thinking all of the things that I thought of, I just thought just add blood to them. The Columbus right. statue, right, drench listen. it in blood. Stop it, stop it. We're, I thought we're, about the American we're, we're, flag we're gonna... and then put blood on it. Like, okay, listen, we're right. going to keep this positive. Take Professor Phipps pipe and put blood on it. All right. Well, we're going to just delete all of that from our memories and um, <laughs> the memories of blood. Oh, this is such a happy mood. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, that's you know, wrong, but as we don't want these the realities that are happening <laughs> in this movie, of the three King of us, and Queen, are you listening, Aubrey? I think you knew this movie better than me and Brittany because I know for me this was my first time actually watching because I feel like I knew clips before this, but this was my first time actually watching it. Sis, is that's true for you too, right? Yes. So, bro, why don't you pick our voting symbol? I like have- the Columbus statue. Columbus I, I statue. Mean, it's, it's, it's very overly deep, as you do, but I can't disagree with any of the points you made. So, I also thought it was an interesting visual because they actually obviously speak to that in the Absolutely. movie. But I also thought it was just an interesting thing that they also used it to protect themselves from the yes. shooter, which was just an interesting another position. mind I mean, twirl to throw in there. You totally, know? <laughs> totally, totally. So mm. yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, so this movie, Higher Learning, must get three Columbus statues at the end of this discussion in order for it to be considered a classic from other right perspective. It cannot get zero, one, or two. It must get three. All right. So let's hop into our recap. And for those who are new to the podcast, we always do a recap and it is going to be chock full of spoilers, but that's because our content is generally old. Okay. And that's because we all just need a refresh on it. Um, And, you know, some people don't necessarily, you know, go and take in the content, but they still want to enjoy the podcast. So let's start with our recap of higher learning. Higher Learning centers on three freshmen at Columbus University. Malik Williams, played by Omar Epps, Kristen Connor, played by Christy Swanson, (laughs) and Remy, played by Michael Rappaport. 
Picture Columbus University as any large white school with a manicured campus, American flags and statues everywhere, and with a student population large enough to have a 300 students in a intro to political science class, okay? Malik, a Black student on a partial scholarship for running track, is struggling to balance his academic and athletic requirements, and the issue really goes beyond the time demands. He's struggling philosophically with the fact that he is literally trying to win awards and notoriety for the school in exchange for education. It feels like some kind of coonery for him, especially since the Black students are regularly mistreated on campus, including abuse and targeting by campus police. And he can't help but think about all the ways in which systemic racism has and will continue to make his life difficult. He finds community with other Black people on campus, including a super duper senior named Fudge, played by Ice Cube, and a professor named Maurice Phipps, played by Lawrence Fishburne, that help him to start to channel some of his frustration into personal development and to realize that he has to focus on understanding the nature of whiteness in America if he's to have any success in navigating it. He also finds support from a fellow member of the track team, Deja, played by Tyra Banks, that eventually becomes his girlfriend. She is very driven and focused on getting everything she can from the university, and she wants Malik to do the same. Our second student, Remy, is a white engineering student and is completely awkward and overwhelmed by campus life. He grew up in Idaho and really struggles to find community on campus. When he tries to fit in with frat life and can't make that work, he begins to settle into his life as a loner. In doing so, he became the perfect target for a group of white supremacists that recruit him and begin to groom him. He shaves his head and begins to really truly believe the hateful rhetoric that he's being taught. Eventually, he's so deep into the white supremacist culture, he is triggered when he sees any people of color on campus, and he just decides to drop out. Our third student, Kristen Connor, is white and has clearly been very sheltered in her life prior to college. She doesn't know basic things like, don't walk across a huge campus in a major city alone in the middle of the night. And she clutches her purse when she's in the elevator with a fellow student that is a Black man. As she struggles to find her place for herself on campus, she finds herself getting swept into fraternity and sorority culture full of drinking and partying. And in that context, she ends up getting raped by a fraternity guy. She doesn't report it to the school because she thinks they will just tell her she brought it on herself. And she doesn't tell the girlfriend she parties with because she knows that they don't even really like her. Eventually, she does confide in another student, a junior named Taryn, played by Jennifer Connolly, a, a lesbian who runs a feminist group on campus. Over time, Kristen does find the courage to be able to be intimate with another guy, a kind and respectful guy that she starts dating. But she also begins to sleep with Taryn at the same time. Taryn is very <laughs> Would you say, sis? Express yourself, girl. Yeah. Hey, that's college. <laughs> it's about discovery. <laughs> Taryn is very caught up in student activist culture. So Kristen becomes swept up in it too. And in a moment where tensions were high on campus because of several horrible racist incidents, she comes up with a plan to solve everything. A festival of music and other kinds of performances <laughs> called Peace Fest with the goal of demonstrating that, quote, we can have fun despite our differences in race. What is high? Unfortunately. What is higher? <laughs> What is learn? What is learning? What is higher learning? That's so good. Unfortunately, the day of Peace Fest 
is the same day that Ridley seeks to prove his commitment to the white nationalist cause by vowing to kill some of the non-white people on campus. He goes up on a roof with a sniper rifle and opens fire, killing two students that were attending the peace vest, including Deja, Malik's girlfriend. Malik is beyond enraged. It's possible that he had some sort of psychotic break, actually, because instead of running away from the building with the sniper on top like everyone else, he runs toward it. He runs inside and up the stairs and runs right into Remy. They fight, and when the campus police show up, the police beat Malik down with batons and let Remy go. Eventually, it must dawn on the police that Remy should also be caught because they then try to catch him. They had given him such a head start, though, that he would have gotten away, except that he ran into a dead end. And instead of letting himself get arrested, he decides to kill himself. Given all that has occurred, Malik decides to leave school for a bit. And the last time we see him, he is running again, but not on the track for the school. It's away from the school and in pursuit of some kind of peace. The end. Is mm. that what you thought? I, I was going to ask that. Mm. So, so is that what you thought the end was? Well, let's talk. That, that maybe that's a good yeah, place yeah, to I know start, that's bro. A good yeah, so, yeah. Your, so, so when I watched it, I thought that so, so, so he at the end after all that happened, he ends up talking with his professor and kind of saying, "Listen, I, I, I think I need to leave here. I think I need to take a little break from this, not drop out, but a break." And the professor basically says, "Listen." Whether you continue right now, whether you take a break, whatever you want to do, it'll be the right thing. You'll be fine. And then we see Malik running from campus. I assumed that that was, I I watched that scene as him saying, you know what? I got to get away from here. My life has to be elsewhere from this. But bro, do you saw it differently? I I don't know. Because every time, every time we, because, you know, I saw this in the theater and I'm okay with movies like this. I really am. And by, what I mean by that, there's not many that I can think of, but like you you all ever see Crash? Mm-hmm. Okay, so movies where they're just like, we're going to have symbols in this movie and we're turning everything up to 10. <laughs> you know, the racism, the reaction to racism, like everything, we're turning everything up to 10 and everything has like a meaning. And you can tell, and I feel like it's one of those movies where you can have somebody who's talking over it and explaining their thought process. And they're like, yes, yeah, see here, this is when I really wanted to show that Malik was blah, blah, blah. You know, so I felt like they were trying to do something, <laughs> but I didn't know what they were trying to do. Cause it's just like, okay, it's the end of the movie. And then he just starts running. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe maybe it was maybe it was intentionally ambiguous because maybe, it's like maybe. it's like because he he never flat out says, I I'm going to choose. He never clearly says which path he's going to choose. That's right. He just lays out his options. Right. You know? So yeah, I think you're right, though. Maybe I was presumptive to kind of, you know, make a choice about which path he took. Sis, what did you think? Did you think that that ending was about him leaving campus or was it? still not conclusive. I I would say lean more toward it wasn't conclusive, mm. but I would say if I had to really like do a deep dive, I think that he's leaning into something he's familiar with to cope with what's happening right now. 
he's an athlete, he's a track star. And so, you know, you hear how often people, I run miles in the morning to clear my head. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it could be just a symbol of him leaning into what he is good at so he can continue to win the race. Because if you think about um, that conversation he had with Professor Phipps and how Professor Phipps um, used that as an analogy to help him to continue to move forward in his studies, you know, so mm-hmm. I just think that it could be him being like, I could crumble right now, or I could do what I t- what was talked about before. I could run and I could keep going and I could get better and I could move forward. Um, so I think that that could be just a part of it as well. Just a symbol of him not giving up and moving forward. Cause baby, that's, that's some kind of freshman year. Oh yeah. yeah. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> but you know, bro, bro, when you said everything was turned up to 10, I didn't feel like it was turned up to 10. I felt like it was very realistic in terms of like, you know, I, I feel like there's a way they could have overdone it. So like, for example, with the police. I, I'm not saying it was all the blood, Well, you said it was like turned up to 10. Oh, yes, I, did. I am saying everything was turned up to 10. Well, yes. that to me is you saying like they were really overdoing it. But I don't want to say overdoing it because if, if I felt like they were overdoing it, I wouldn't enjoy the movie. Mm. Like I'm, I'm saying they, in, to me, intentionally put a microscope. Like, I have never had, personally, I've had experiences that are reminiscent of what was going on. But like, like that, you know, there are just things that I haven't experienced, but I don't think they were over the top in the movie. Right. I felt like they were just trying to make a point. Like, mm-hmm. like, it, but but out of like I've never us us being growing up in P- Pittsburgh, we always talk about um, Pittsburgh racism. You know <laughs> the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh it's the Pittsburgh, it's it's a it's a weird situation that nobody really knows unless you're from Pittsburgh. But there's just there's actually a lot of prejudice. That comes from, I know this is going to sound weird to anybody who's not from Pittsburgh, but there are some prejudices of racism, racist stuff that comes from a warm place and some of our friends, you know, in the way that they interact. It's like they're actually trying to do something nice or good, but it's just, you're like, man, you just are very out of touch. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? This is horrible. And so what I'm saying is I grew up more around that mm-hmm. than the racist cop pulling up on me, like, where are you going? You know, like I never experienced <laughs> that. You know what I mean? So sure. like, so I'm not even saying that the stuff doesn't happen. I'm just saying that in this movie, it felt like, like, no, we're not being subtle. We are going to make these points. Yeah. 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 I and, see what and you're I, you know what, though? I will say this. To the point of the cops, I was happy with the campus police that you never saw them other than until the end when they arrested Malik, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't see them do anything like arresting like that in the beginning when they were like breaking up the dorm party. Mm-hmm. Like they could have made that scene go completely like 
way <laughs> left. And I was so happy that it just showed them. It was unfair, but it was also understandable because what are you doing on a Tuesday with all this loud shenanigans people are trying to study? Well, but, but, they, let, but, they, but they let the other loud music go. That right. was the thing. They only, they broke, they only broke that up dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. They did. Yeah, and I, I appreciated that. I appreciated that because in my mind, it's like, um, I just love that that specific example you gave, sis, because there's totally a way they could have overdone that. Exactly. But what I felt like they were showing is just that constant reminder that you're being watched yeah, and you don't belong here. You're being you watched and you here. don't belong here. And that, again, it's just very American. You know, I, 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 and I just, I just wish it wasn't the case that I still have experiences of like being like monitored in stores, you know? And it's like, gosh, it's like, or, I'm now, and I'm in New York city, yeah, you know? And it's like, I, you know, it's That's like a hodgepodge of people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it was, it's just, it's just, a, it, it's, it's, there's just that we're watching you. And we're giving you permission to be here. That constant reminder that you're only here because I'm giving you permission. You know, I just went to Trader Joe's the other day. You guys, I've been trying to bake more vegan, more healthy options when I'm making stuff. And I'm looking for some vegan and salsa butter, which is very hard to find. And I don't know why. And so, but I went to Trader Joe's and I couldn't, they didn't have it. And that's all I wanted. And I remember feeling weird. Y'all, this is last week. I remember feeling weird leaving out of the store with nothing in my hand. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I remember feeling like yeah. I was saying to myself, Brittany, don't walk too fast to the car. Yeah, I know so that you feeling. You don't sense. look like you are got something. But also, you got to get home because you need to get to work. Like, it's like, it's what it was just like this. It's like that Roy Woods feeling. bit, that Roy Woods bit about like how, how some, like he needs a bag. Did y'all yes. ever see that Roy Woods yes. bit? <laughs> he has this bit. It's so funny. If you just look up on YouTube, Roy Woods, Best Buy, that's all you got to put in. And he will talk <laughs> about like, you know, how white people can leave out a bus by with just their purchase and a receipt. <laughs> you know, and it's just like they just walking with like, you know, their their CD in their hand mm-hmm. with their receipt. And he was like, I need a bag. I need a bag. You know, <laughs> he was like, I need my purchase to be clearly legitimate. And I know that feeling. You it's know, just, it's so it, it is hard to describe. But it's, it's real. like it sounds irrational, but it's like you know that you know. you're feeling like you're being watched. Like <laughs> I, I just want to say that. That was one thing I really, that brings me to something I liked about the movie a lot. And I always have of, they show you the reasons or or the triggers that other people experience as well. And I'm not saying it's right or whatever, but like, think about Remy's experience. Mm -hmm. in this situation because I always said even from when I first saw the movie like I feel like if Ice Cube had Remy the Blunt that or Remy would have probably showed up with a dashiki on the next day he he was just just looking for belonging and and what, what I'm saying is is that it's not a right or wrong but this movie also shows like, for example, I, I, didn't, I didn't experience that a lot 
where I got followed around the store. You know, like I haven't, I haven't experienced that a lot in my life. And um, there were times in my life where, let's say I was doing something mischievous, right? And I got kind of called on it. It's like, no, you shouldn't have called me on it just based on it. But I was doing something serious. I always had that in my head. Or like if, or if you're in a situation where, let's just say you're the store owner, because the store I want to sell, you're a store owner, and let's say you got robbed ten times, and every time it was a black dude, you know, like, and and I'm just saying, I did, you know what? And it was, I, I think that you point out the. It, it's really one of those things that are happening that we're seeing a lot now is the origin story of the villain, right? Mm. We're able to mm. see you have a a reason that we can all get to like, okay, all right. Um, now, does it have to be as extreme? If you are the store owner and you've been robbed 10 times by 10 different Black men, for you to now just preemptively be ready for them to do this, I can understand where it's coming from, but I also think that it's horrible. And I think about for Remy, he has had a horrible experience on our canvas. He couldn't make no friends. Ice Cube and it was being very disrespectful playing music. Just because you've been at this school for 17 years don't mean everybody else want to be here for 17 years. Because I was texting Aubrey and Janelle when I was first watching that movie. I did not like Ice Cube's character. I was like, why why are y'all still letting him be here? And how is he still in the dorm? I thought that at a certain point, you're not allowed to be in dorms. Oh, they'll take, especially if it's on a student loan, they'll take that housing money as long as you want to. They'll, they'll rack that tab right up. Listen, and then he's there. He can't, the frat people are too cool for school. He's too weird to them. <laughs> then even with his own roommate, he's wanting to play the video games with Malik or not Malik, but uh, learning Malik. Him and Malik are playing video games and he wants to go again after Malik beats him. Malik's like, uh, no, he's about to go do something else. Like at this point, he is alone on some stairs at the campus in front of an American flag eating something. And so it's just like, you get what is happening. Yeah. And you see how they capitalize off of someone who is a loner in yes. this space. Yes. Totally. Now, he was totally targeted. Him. You're someone that I can craft your personality in yep. the way I want to. You're right. I send you out into the world. That's and right. So what happens in that moment is you're not, you're no longer thinking clearly that these were my roommates. These were the frat people. The, these were these particular set of people in this particular circumstance that have done this to me. Now you have been indoctrinated to think that it is all of them as a group. So my only resolution is to get a gun, get on the top of a building and shoot all of them. Mm-hmm. That is a horrible conclusion. And I don't, you know, I don't care what your origin story is at this point. If we, when your conclusion is to go and kill all the people, that is where we're missing each other. And this is where well, we are having a problem. And well, again, I get it. I understand. But I'm like, if your end result is like, you know what? Well, I'm just saying. Everybody I'm, need to die. It's I like, mean, oh, first of all, okay. first of all, you know. <laughs> Yeah, your math is not great. That's not, 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 not
<laughs> responding in a way where you're going to harm another person, obviously, you know, that's never excusable. You know, sure. what I, the point I'm trying to make is the movie did a good job of showing that there's a reaction to a reaction to a reaction to a reaction. Absolutely. And all of this stuff, it, we're in like a cycle. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm Big just time. saying, and I'm just saying it's it, it's showing that like this person might have had a bad experience with just this situation. But if we're being honest, the point of the point of the movie that I one of the points the movie was trying to make is I felt like if we're being all being honest, we all have preconceived notions about Absolutely. what this, because at the same time, I'm saying I've heard many conversations where, you know, black people will put white people in, in, a, in a category. You know what I mean? Absolutely. All, all that at the same time. And even tell them you can't be outside this category. You are in this, you know, I've I've heard that as well. So I'm just saying the reason why I felt like turning up the volume made sense in this scenario uh, or in this movie was because the date rape scene with the, uh, with the, Kristen, Kristen, the the date rape scene. Christy Swanson played by Kristen Connor. Is the rape scene, uh, was very impactful to me and very it was very graphic in the way that they they um shot it but what i'm saying is is i'm not a small woman on campus so even when i'm hearing stories and you know there's not a way i could really relate all the way because i'm i'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a person that I'm not, you know what I mean? Or, or you know, maybe in opposite in, in a lot of ways. But the reason why I thought this scene was so interesting is because she did go out. She did get drunk. And like people will be saying, oh, why would you get drunk if you weren't planning on doing whatever? People will say, why would you go back to the room if you weren't planning on doing whatever? The thing that was interesting about this one, she was down to go. She was, she was ready. She was ready. She wasn't. So like, even if you were trying to say all of those things, they wouldn't even apply in this situation. Cause it's not even, even she was open to being intimate with this guy. She just said, grab a condom. Super simple. Mm -hmm. Three second process. and, and, what I, and what I'm just saying is, is for me, it's such it's a all, realistic it's, scenario. It's all horrible, but that was like, I get it now. Like, 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 I'm not. I'm just keeping my mouth out of this. Um, because it's like, yeah, it's real easy to say, oh well, you know, she was doing this or she did that, and you know, I've been on various and various conversations about all of that. And I can say that people, you know, I might say something like, yeah, you know, people should protect themselves or, or whatever. But what I'm saying prior to understanding this the way that I understand it, but it's like now, you know, after that, I was like, I just don't got an assailment because she 
was not, I mean, like she she was she was in the mode where, you know what, I'm in college. I'ma just, I'ma go have some fun. I'm gonna go and I just want to say this movie was in 1995, y'all. Yeah. And we're having these conversations in 2022. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. ridiculous. It's super ridiculous yeah. that we're having these conversations still Absolutely. in this time frame with as if it's a fresh eye. And it's like, it's not fresh, huh? And y'all, it's uh, time, for, time for a bit of trivia. Uh, according to John Singleton, this movie was actually based on his college experience while attending mm. USC. Wow. Mm. And so he says in the DVD, in the DVD commentary, in the scene in which Remy walks up to Malik and voices his opinion about the T-shirt that he was wearing. You know, um, there was a scene in the movie where Remy has already been... Um, Indoctrinated, indoctrinated you know and he's fully now embracing this white supremacist community that has targeted him and he sees like a black panther shirt that malik is wearing and he had he can't help himself because he's so now obsessed with all this rhetoric he can't help himself but to make a comment to malik about his black panther shirt you know and um and it turns out that that was actually based on an actual incident that happened to john singleton Wow. And, you know, it was one of the situations where he got so enraged, he wanted to beat the hell out of the guy, but he couldn't. Yeah. You know, um, so, what you know, it totally. <laughs> but I, I, I love what we're talking about here because um, there was a really, and bro, this, the scene of the rape um, really gave us a chance to look at the whole movie. But that scene really gave us a chance to look at how different the experience of community building was for the white students versus the black students. So for Remy and Christy, it was like they were searching for like for their identity as individuals. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, where are my friends? Who can I right, hang out with? Right, 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 right. Whereas for the black people, it was more like, I'm trying to situate my blackness in this country. And so it was just, and it's just the truth of it. I don't, I think that there is the reality. And this is where I'm safe. I'm safe in my black people. Well, the, 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 rea I, yeah. the reality is that, they, that, that, you know, growing up in black America. Um, so, so for example, if a black person is being targeted by any group, even no matter how much of a, like if, 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 if Remy was black, and he was had that same experience of not getting along with people and, and was settling into being a loner. And someone was trying to target him and recruit him. He would know it. You know, because I don't think we have an opportunity to be that oblivious. You know, now I'm not saying you wouldn't give in to it. Right. But I think you would at least know that that was, is happening because that is just the nature of like our experience of, 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 of grappling with identity at a much younger age. You know, you just, you just, you just have to get further along. And so, but Christy and Remy, you know, they were truly like trying to find out who they were as individuals. But Malik was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand the weight of blackness right now. And then, um, you know, Christy gets raped and she doesn't feel like she can go to anyone. There's no one for her to talk to about it, but her roommate played by Regina King. And I'm going to get Honey, that character's name. Listen. This was like my her name was Monet. Her name was Monet. But also what happened was Christy comes back to the dorm. She's crying because she's just been raped. And um, the guy, the rapist, ends up calling the room. 
And at this point, Christy hasn't admitted to Monet that she's been raped. She hasn't really explained or decoded the whole situation. But the rapist calls the room. And Monet, who has, she's become a, a friends with Christy. When Christy indicates, no, I don't want to talk to him. Obviously, something has gone awry with this guy. Monet essentially says, she doesn't want to talk to you. No, she you says know? she's not here. She's not she, here. Monet and then the rapist says, the rapist says, I can hear her. I know she's there. <laughs> and then he does, he he makes a racial slur, slur at Monet. Monet goes right to the black men on campus, the other black students, and, and shares that she experienced a racial slur. So just I think it's another one of those examples where it's like she didn't have to have a long term friendship with these people to know that they would have her back if she needed somebody to have her back. And it wasn't even a rape. It was a slur. And she was able to just say someone said something inappropriate and they had her back immediately. And so I think that because, again, it's another one of the things where our experiences are so different. Yeah. We, we don't have to fight for membership to the black club. You know, and because, because you have to be in because we have to support each other. You know, you just have to. We have to. It's just a, it's just a basic survival instinct at and this so point many in America. people that are like, I don't want to be in the black club. At some point, be like, my bad, y'all. Can I get back in? Yeah, and I, and I personally <laughs> feel like I'm a, Sorry, I, think, I always think of myself as a great example because when you want to, like, there are lots of, there are lots of ways in which I have so many people in my circle that I don't necessarily have a ton of things in common with, except mm -hmm. for our blackness, you know, and, sure. and, and, but it's enough. It's enough. And yeah, I, that, was that, that, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that that scene was actually a scene that always bothered me. Um, the scene where they came to, to the, because after this phone call that Janai is talking about, and when the black students go confront the guy who raped uh, Christy. But they don't know he raped her. That was the part that always. I don't know I why she wouldn't tell them. Yeah, I did. I, I didn't. But I'm saying watching it now, it makes sense to me. Maybe it's a situation where they just had her there to point out the guy. And so they weren't there. That's what it was. That's what and, it was. It was who made the slur to Monet. And that's right, what she was but, pointing out. She wasn't pointing out her rapist, which I wish she had. If she had just said to Monet, this guy raped me, Monet would have still called the Calvary. She still would have called him. I that's the thing I wonder. Like, cause, cause I wonder, it's hard for me to, in that scene, think that they made the phone call and then they went over there and the way that, it's Christy, right? The way that Christy yeah. was presenting, it was pretty obvious what happened to her it so, wasn't obvious that she had gotten raped it was obvious that she had something had happened you know but my life experience is that you cannot people need to articulate what happened okay you cannot i mean because frankly he could have just yelled at her we don't know he could have just been mean you can't some somebody just looking shaking up is not enough well i will say this people who get into those circumstances that's a trauma response she was in shock when I watched it this time, it made more sense to me in, in the way that it all went down because that always used to bother me that they didn't address it when he showed up. Yes. But then I just started really- I just wanted her to it, say it. 
what watching it now, it it's like, okay, she just went through this thing. I can see her going through her mind of telling the story. Well, did you go to the bar? I did go to the bar. Mm-hmm. Were you drinking? I was drinking. Did you go back to his room? I did go to his room. Did you willingly start having sex? I did. We, I was. But what I'm saying is, is it? It, it stopped. And I and I wanted him to put on, you know, I wanted him to put on a, a, a condom, and he didn't. And I could see him just said, I don't know what she's talking about. She just went crazy and ran out the room. So what I'm saying is it made me, watching it as an adult, I can kind of see like, it would make sense to me more why she didn't say something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because people tend to victim shame in those situations. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, they will blame a woman for the way she was dressed when something traumatic happens to a woman. Oh, yes, absolutely, bro. You know, that's what Christy said when she was confiding in uh, confiding the the, the story with Terry. She was like, I didn't go to the university because they would have just said I brought it on myself. Yeah. She knew she couldn't go anywhere, bro, because they would have reacted in exactly the way you're saying. Which is so funny that she feels that way because it was a campus that had blue lights set up. And if you're not familiar, blue lights, they lead you to um, a blue call box that immediately goes to campus police so they can come and find you and you can be safe and they can come tend to you for whatever has happened to you. And so to be on the campus that had a bazillion blue lights and a bazillion yellow call boxes with blue lights on them and you're like, but I can't use this call box. That is a whole nother conversation that can happen there. Because mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is it's it's, pe- it's a few people who have cried wolf and there have been no wolves for the ones that are crying wolf. And there's an actual wolf that is on its way. It's pending. It has already hurt someone. And now no one believes them. That's right. It's, That's it's a right. very scary situation. That's right. That's right. And that's why this movie is so good, because it's like not only are they talking about like like flat out friggin anti-blackness that's at the root of this country. They also hit on the anti-womanness. She literally just had nowhere to go. You know, it's like, okay, I can hit a blue light, but will they believe me? I don't think they will. My experience has told me that they won't, Mm -mm. you know, and I just even think about when we were growing up. When women were dressed a certain way or when girls were dressed a certain way, we judged them. And it was I like, you're, if, you're, if your skirt was short, it was almost like, oh, you're asking for a world of trouble. And it's <laughs> your, like, if anything, your torso is out. If anything <laughs> awful beholds you, well, you've asked for it by having that short skirt on. We were raised in that mindset, you know? And it's just one of these things where it's just so toxic. It's so toxic that um, someone being vulnerable for something would make people then blame them when the thing happens. It's It's, just jacked up. I want to, for the character that played the guy that recruited Remy, I don't, if you can bring up his name, let me tell you something, sir. Anything I've ever seen you in, you've done an amazing job at your at your acting. Yes. And I don't, but I do feel he is a little typecast because he is always a butthead. Uh, <laughs> but he he plays a butthead so well. But here's the thing about his character in this movie that I wanted to point out. Even his character had nuance. When Remy had gotten, Remy had become exactly who they wanted. 
He shaved his head, you know. He was out there mad at interracial couples, okay? Because at one point, Remy was hanging out with them and they went and started beating up this <laughs> black man and slapping up the white girl. Because <laughs> they were together. For Halloween. No mm-hmm. reason for Halloween. They walking mm-hmm. around over there like peanut butter and jelly. And they mm-hmm. just ran up to him, started beating him up. And so I, I was just like, what is happening here? And it's so, Cole Hauser. Cole, Cole Hauser played Scott Moss. Shout out to you, Cole Hauser. You are. Yeah, I was. I just actor. wanted to make sure I had the right actor, but I, that's. I think that's him. So him as this leader of this sect of um, the Aryan Nation or Nazis, however they were labeling themselves, I don't remember. They of this white supremacist group. He was saying, "Room, um, Rumi had gotten in. You know, the indoctrination that they wanted. It took full. It took full root." Okay, mm-hmm. and Remy quit school as Janaya stated. He was like, "Why did you quit? We need you in Thank those you spaces." For raising this, this. Mm-hmm. Listen, y'all, that was scary because you think about all the things that happen across the boards, medical field, banking, anything that is happening out there, right down to being in the grocery store and someone watching you on a camera. These things, these are people where we are indoctrinating you and we are sending you out into the world to, to be make sure, a decision maker and to, and to, to have be, power and to have power mm-hmm. and to be racist. But also here was this issue where he's like trying to make him into this person, but he wanted to make him into a person the way he wanted to make him into that person. Here's the thing about when you're indoctrinating someone, you don't know how that's going to come out. You don't know how those things are going to play out. And so he's within this group like, no, we have to be smart. Think strategic to the point where now it gets down to a place. And he's like, have you ever killed someone? Have you ever done that? To that's where it gets to. But you're watching, listening to them and you're hearing what they're saying. And so the point where you can get upset, but I really was feeling bad for them. I was like, it's not only myself as a black person who has been lied to in this country. It's you. It's all of us who have been, their history has been rewritten and you are in your mind thinking you are justified about something and you've been lied to to the point where you can't even, you can't see what's happening right now. Yeah, that, that's, 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 that's what point. I was, that's exactly, that's what I really take from this movie. And that's what, I was talking about before is that when you're watching all these people, even mm-hmm. the horrible ones, the movie is written in a way that you could track back. Absolutely. And it's not about, it's not about agreeing or, or justifying. It's more like understanding. Like I see where I don't have to agree with it to understand where it came from. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, and I'm just saying that it did a really good job of that. It's like, like, look, and I think that if I'm in a conversation with a person, even if I'm completely in disagreement with where they arrived, if I could truly say, look, I understand where you're coming from, but let me just explain my experience and, you know, let's come together. I just think that that understanding piece is what this movie was trying to do. Give a little bit of understanding of everybody's point of view and other than there were a couple of times that were overacted like after Deja got shot and uh, 
and Malik crying. It was good, but then it went a little too far. Now, see, really? That's where I felt like Janiyah. When Janiyah was like saying about the girl earlier, like, just say it. I felt like Malik, I get it. That was a traumatic situation. He was in shock. But I wanted to go, Malik, if you don't wake up and go get a paramedic. Like, I was just like... What is wrong with you right now? Call 911. And I'm yeah. like, of course they don't have cell phones right there. I mean, but I was like, uh, he was that's I think they were showing us a psychotic break. Like, but bro, I, uh, but sis, I think they were showing us a trauma, another trauma response. No, because absolutely. That's why I just said a second ago. Like, it, of course it was trauma, it was shock all going on, but I remember having that feeling of going, call the parents. <laughs> Put your hand Don't over the wound the- like they do on television. Do something. Don't get the police that might shoot oh, you. My gosh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. Mean, I, I just the, him. That was there were just a couple of scenes that were stretched a little too long for me. That oh, was boy. one of them, B- bro. The, the, I cannot disagree with you more the, on that scene. I well, thought. I, I, let me just say, okay, so Omar Epps. You know, we have a complicated relationship, okay? Because well, can I, I explain my point before you re- refute it, mm-hmm. and then you can refute it. Then you can. <laughs> I'll explain my point. Then you can refute it. <laughs> I'll just say <laughs> in that moment where I could see him going crazy for a second, but to me, him not immediately either running to go get help or running to go get ready. And he's just sitting there like, ah, ah. I'm like, all right, this is just- This is going to be a second longer than it should. Yeah, (laughs) so anyway, that was the point that I was trying to make. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly, I, I, I was really impressed with Omar's acting in this movie. I thought he did a great job. You know, there have been there have been other things that he's been in where it's been like, huh, are you experiencing the emotion your character is experiencing right now, Omar Epps? You know? Uh, Don't do him like that. Omar, you are really great at all the things you've acted in. And this, it was like, okay, he is, he is in this character. He is bringing this to us, you know? Because he, this was, the, and let me just say, I, I would just say, in general, just a general comment on the casting and then the acting. I just thought they did a great job. Yeah, Every I, single I one of these characters next. was so complicated. That poor little, yeah. that, listen, Christy <laughs> trying to adjust to, to this campus life, you know, trying to find a place where she could fit in. Also trying to understand what it would be to be a person that was anti-racist. She didn't even know how to do it, but she was trying, you know. And then Remy, listen, this guy just looking for community somewhere. Somewhere. You know, but also somewhere. having aspirations so he does not have to go back to Idaho where he is from. Right, he right, things right. he wants to do and things he wants to accomplish. Which, let's point out, his father taught him how to use a gun. That was part of his culture. He said that he grew up shooting. So, baby, he was ready without being ready. Totally. He had a gun. Deja, Deja, listen, I, I totally could identify with that character. She was sitting there like, yep, I'm running for education. It's whack. It's horrible. It shouldn't be this way, but here it is. And I'm going to get everything I can out of it so I can move on and do the next thing where I am better empowered and less at the yeah. mercy of a situation. 
Can, and can again, say, she was say, holding all that complexity. Can I say, same scene, I think she nailed it. She was excellent. I, I think that I did the same scene when, 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 she got, when, she, when she got shot and she was, you could just see it on her face like, I'm not even involved with yeah. like, what I'm not a peace fest. Yeah, like, like I'm an like, A student. What's I, happening? I'm running track. I don't even want to get I, I was just yelling at Malik. I was yelling at Malik the other day, telling them to stay focused and, so you can see get out here and make our money. You can That's see every ridiculous. bit of it. You can see every bit of it. And that Tyra Banks is another it. one. Y'all know that nobody talk about my Tyra Banks. Y'all know that. I Y'all know, know that. I love me I some Tyra. Oh my god. Brittany knows. Brittany knows. I love me some Tyra Banks. I have seen all 800 seasons of Top Model. And I've seen every Tyra Banks movie. But that's why I can tell y'all she doesn't always show up this well. Okay, because I've seen <laughs> yeah. all her work. And I thought this is some of the best acting I've seen Tyra Banks do. Yeah, she, she, especially- And she for that happened that. earlier in her career than some of the other acting I've seen. But that's what that's how you know that this was about this movie. It was about this script. It was about this director. It was about this cast and the work that they did to make this story come to life. Because when you see actors that can be hit or miss, hitting it, everybody's hitting it out the park. That that is about this movie and what they it cultivated is. on this set and but with you this know crew. When you're saying that, it makes me think about, but they were just being themselves in a sense, right? You have, mm. of course, the characters were the characters. So you have to get into the character. Mm-hmm. But like Tara Banks was being a high achieving black woman, which she was that in her real life. Mm-hmm. Breaking barriers. Being this black, a black, becoming a black supermodel. So it's like you are literally you're just not, being you're you. Not wrong. You you have um what's his name? Uh Ice Cube, who yeah. he his roots are NWA. Okay, we know that song. And I was written, I was and real so, close to NWA back in 95. You know, you like, see, <laughs> it's like, okay, you want me to Buster be Rob, the police? being Buster Rhymes. Exactly. Well, now, yeah, he was like, you know, you got all Jolly. these things. It's like these are the rowdiness of who they are, but it's like, but we need you to put this in the character name T- T- Tyrone. Like, you know, we need you to put this in and kind of murph it a little bit to this person. And Omar, I need you to become a leak, but I still need you to be a black man being these complexities because you're already doing that anyway. I just need you to say these words when you're describing it. Yeah. And I appreciated yeah, that I, conversation between Malik and Deja. That's Tyra Bay's character. Yep. That conversation that they were having back and forth about being a black woman in America, being a black man mm-hmm. in America when they were sitting on the track field, they that is a conversation that, of course, is still happening now. Um, and it's a conversation though that has become a it has become violent in nature um and insidious and very dangerous it is not like how their conversation was on that track field where we're talking about our experiences separately but understanding that we're still one community and still being able to come back to each other the way that they did and leaving room for understanding and not dismissing because at one point I remember thinking to myself, if Deja wanted to be done with Malik right now, she really could. After he went and fought all the white supremacists, he's sitting there and she's like, we're supposed to get this education, go get, get this, out of graduate here and, go and get this money. And like, that's what we need to do. We were just talking about this on the field. 
And then now to have him like, yeah, I just, I'm excited. I just beat up the, the white supremacists. It's like, we're going backwards. We're going backwards. Now, Brittany, Brittany, <laughs> I, Brittany, I wanted to, because that was another thing I thought the movie did really well. First of all, there's a clear line to Beja getting shot. And we could go all the way back, but really Malik went and punked uh, Remy into his psychotic break. You know what I'm saying? And had he, it's completely Remy's fault, 100%. But if Malik didn't go punk Remy, Deja would probably still be alive. And I like how they showed mm. that. And I like how they showed... And like, if they, Remy they, hadn't had to make that comment to Malik, Malik wouldn't have gone there and stunning on him. If Malik... Because Remy made was making Remy made that comment about Malik's shirt. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, so, so if I were if I were mapping out the inciting incidents for all of this, it, there's there's so many, and that's why it's so good because yeah, it's that, sprawling. That's, and that's the point. And that's the but point. But that that even Malik that was an act of retaliation. But it was an act. It was an act of retaliation. But Remy also just was in the dorm room and he said, what would you do if I played my music loud to, to, uh, to Ice Cube's character? And he said, that wouldn't happen. Well, why not? Because I'll beat your ass. That's <laughs> so like, he's also from a reaction. My point is, is that they were showing how all these little things. Yes, all of it. Led up to, and the tit for tat will always end badly. Always, basically, every time. And, always. And what he... Um, they actually addressed it with Ice Cube, and I loved it because when you were in the theater, now I want you all to, I want you to think of yourselves in a theater in 1995, watching Higher Learning. Okay, really yeah, there, there were some fights in some of the theaters afterwards because it was because there was like things happening in the world. At the time, like I think it was around OJ Simpson, if I remember what I was reading. Oh yeah, that, that happened was just like, a little bit before. It just and happened. There was, and there was, you know, back then we were still wearing, we were still wearing the medallion, you know, like the African medallions and, you know what I'm saying, the, the kente cloth and our, uh, you know, the, the colors and stuff. That, it was a very, you know, there was a lot of pro-Blackness going on in that, in that moment. And what I'm saying is when you're seeing all these these white supremacists and you know what they're what they're doing and stuff like that. And that scene in the cafeteria, okay, where I what, what's his name? I don't want to keep calling him Ice Cube. I, fudge. But fudge. So fudge I'd rather was, call him Ice Cube. <laughs> fudge was <laughs> fudge saw the white supremacists in the cafeteria. And then he went, he, he put the, where he got his voice. He went and got everybody. And even the white supremacists had the real big dude, but they brought the real big black dude too. And he was sitting there, you know, he was cracking his knuckles. And man, that scene where they were fighting, everybody was going crazy. Cause like, especially when, when Buster Rob grabbed the two of them, like, ah! <laughs> and he threw them down. And you know, immediately after that, they're all hyped up, and um, Buster Rhymes was saying, we're going to take this fist and beat it! You know, and he's, <laughs> all of that 
that scene just had everybody on the height of just like, yeah. And then it was like, it made us feel the exact emotion we were supposed to. And then Ice Cube, just a fudge, just brought it all back. Like you sitting here excited because you won one fight in a cafeteria. And it was just like, he was only not talking to the ones in the, in the, in the movie. He's talking to us too. And it was like, dad, they just set us up because oh, we were surely in here. Yeah. Hype over yeah. this. First of all, we're hype over violence, which is, why would you I, what's this? happening but, here? But, but not only that, it's like, yeah, okay, you won this fight. So what? All of them are still straight. You That's are the it. one who is risking yourself. You know what I mean? And it's like, and it was also a love how he didn't explain the dichotomy of it was like, yeah, I still went beat him down. I was with y'all, but I'm just saying. Don't what did we really here. accomplish? That's yeah, the thing. We did it, but what did we really accomplish? And, and you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, me and Brittany talk about this all the time, about how, at, you know, there are certain things that happen that if you really, really just think about it, it's always about people just wanting to assert power. You know, like I feel that about the people who are walking down the street and they don't want to give a little bit so everybody can get by. You know, they just want to keep walking so straight that that, or driving like like they just don't want to let you over. They don't just don't want to let you over. But yeah, bro, to your point, what Ice Cube was saying, what Fudge was saying was, listen, we we didn't really win. Nobody won. Nobody won. Yeah, we we asserted some power. But nobody we had won. to do that because it had to be done. But nobody, like, y'all are in here acting like we just advanced race relations or something. That like, we really did we, something for the people. We yeah. didn't. We and didn't they do anything. Sh- and they showed that in the movie, even like before and after he said it. Because when you think about it, which I want, I want our podcast land to know, all of our podcasters, all of our right prospectors. I want you to perspective. I want you to know that we were supposed to record this sooner and we didn't. And it was because of me. And it was because this movie put me into such a tizzy after I had watched it. I could not handle discussing it because we try to be pretty PC on here. I'm probably the one that's the most says a little too much sometimes. And Janine needs to edit it out. But I will say, I know that if we would have recorded it the day after, we could have never have put this podcast out here because I would have said several things. Or it would have been four minutes long because I would have oh, had to edit all of it out. All of it. It would have just been like, hello, we watched it. And then vote. <laughs> Bye. Like, that would have yeah. been it. But there yeah. were two scenes that really like infuriated me to this point of what power dynamic looks like. So the one scene was when you had them coming to the frat house, the black people coming to the frat house to basically to make him apologize to Regina King's character with Monet. And I remember her name, y'all. Woo, woo. And Yay. then uh, <laughs> to Monet, and he like was holding him down, making him say, "I apologize, beautiful black queen." As as the campus police come up and break it up, you see the white frat guys saying about the black guy, "Those thugs or gang those members." Gang, he called them gang, gang members. members, and I was like, "They are a group." of black people uh again not so much and i was laughing because your homeboy just raped someone 
No, and you're, you're, in, a, the you're in a fraternity. Members. That's much fraternity. more gang like than than you this are, group. And you and you all are the worst off of what you're. We're probably even making them pledges and stuff like that. Do in your fraternity, but we won't even go there. So them having that part of hearing them say that because what could have happened if they would have said the only thing that made the power dynamic different was because the white boy that raped her he thought that they were coming for that as well so he knew that he could get beat up by them and possibly go to jail now what would that have meant for him we all know he probably would have got out it wouldn't have meant nothing that's you know that's how that story would have went but at any rate it's still the black people that walk away who are just defending someone who in that moment is defenseless. And then they're the ones being called gang members. I feel like that's a very powerful scene. And it's a it's for all the stuff that Brittany's saying, because if you notice, there was never any ramifications for the guy who raped her. Like None. Not, not nothing one ever, bit. Never, nothing ever happened. And the only reason why he de-escalated it was because to protect he, himself. To protect himself. That's it. Because, like, if, if it wasn't for that, and I, that part rang very, very, like, not just true but also realistic in the sense of I have been in situations where people have squashed stuff just because they don't want to get more attention brought. That's all to this situation. Absolutely. But like, if he hadn't done what he just did, who knows how he would have handled it? But like, yep. he just, he was like, he was like, I mean, we're cool, right? We're all cool. We're cool. And it was just like that moment where it's like, yo, there's no justice. And probably did I mean, not learn one lesson from it. Probably I mean, didn't learn, he learned, one lesson. What he learned is he has no consequences. That's exactly That's what, what he learned. learned. That's what he learned. That's what he learned. That's Come exactly on. what he learned. And she now, was standing there in front of her accuser and still just didn't, didn't have enough power to, to say, he raped me. She just, you know, and that just says so much about like just the dynamics in this country where it's just like when you just feel like the systems are not going to support you at when all. When you just don't believe the systems are going to support you, you end up realizing that the best thing for me to actually do in this situation is nothing. Because if I do anything, the system's failing, it ends up falling back on me. All the way. It ends up falling back on me. You know, now she just has to live her life with that experience. And he just gets to walk away with nothing having happened to him. Nothing. And we'll probably see her later and be like, hey. Totally. And we'll probably um, do it again. Sometime. And yeah, that oh, one probably wasn't the first time. It probably wasn't the first time. The other, the second part, the second time, which again would have put me into an extreme, an extreme emotional state. I get the first um, one. Yeah, was, I'm just saying I get the first one. The, the, the second one was at the end, whenever we had gotten to the scene that Arby spoke about earlier, or Janai and Arby both said it, about them, uh, Malik finally being activated and running towards the building where the shots came from. And him meeting Malik in the stairwell, I mean, meeting Remy in the stairwell and them fighting. And then the police coming up, beating Malik, not knowing anything. Not, they didn't there, ask there was no question. They were helping Remy up. Remy they didn't runs just de-escalate. They didn't just de-escalate and break Nothing. them apart. They literally let they Remy free beat, and beat Malik and with no information. Malik. And so then you have 
Remy running down the hall gets to the dead end. This is the part where I was just like, I want to go through the television and beat all the police officers up. They were like calming him down as Malik is behind them, beat up in handcuffs, has done nothing except trying to avenge his girlfriend's death or he doesn't know she's dead just yet, but the fact that she is shot and he, and even just what's happening and his anger welling up of all these things that are going on, him being a black man, he can't do anything about it. And now the one that has taken a rifle on his own accord and decided to open fire on a group of people at a peace rally, they are walking up to him saying, son, it's okay. We're going to work this out. This is the police officers approaching him. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Put the gun down. It's giving him words of encouragement and comfort, affirming him. The person that just opened well, fire. Sis, I will on say, a group I will of say, people. I will say, based on the expertise that I have from watching Law and Order um, <laughs> in all of its iteration. <laughs> I think that there's a lot of things that they say to de-escalate people. Exactly. But also them being like really actually feeling bad for him. And the reason why I say this is because we have an actual case of that that just happened a few years ago where the white guy, Dylan Roof, went into a church, killed nine innocent black people. And even during his speech about why he did it, he made it very clear that he almost didn't do it because they were so kind to him. And then when they went to go get him, this man that they know killed nine people, peacefully taking him out, going to get him something to eat. This is why I'm saying- Helping him get into the police car nicely. There's nothing, I understand de-escalation. I get it. I don't know how to do it. I don't have them tactics. That's why I'm not in the law force. But I will say this, in that moment, I didn't see them trying to de-escalate someone that was doing something. They were in their truth. They they were were in their their truth of Mm -hmm. trying to save a fellow white man. Mm -hmm. That's all that was. That's all that was. It wasn't about, even in, in, yeah, they could have been worried about their own safety and all this different thing. They weren't caring about that in that moment, in that, in that uh, actual, uh, in that scene. In, In my opinion, they didn't care about that. Because how they treated someone that they didn't know that he had done anything, his only guiltiness was being black and then being in a fight. There was nothing else that made them have to beat him unarmed. And Remy would have gotten away. I mean, he just happened to run. He just happened to run to a door that was locked. That was locked. He just happened to do that. He would have gotten away. He would have gotten away. I think... uh... I'll say I think Michael Rappaport definitely killed that scene. I like I, 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 I Every, he did a great he, job. He, that, that, scene, that scene and, you and killed the, that movie, honey. That that scene and the scene where right after Malik uh came and punked him in the room and he, he had his initial snap. Maybe he, like, he went off. He killed both of those scenes. <laughs> like like I mean it was it was good throughout the whole movie, like you said. Yeah. But, but I'm just saying. I definitely like. It was like I, well, you can just see, you can see the pain. It was like I just wanted to be an engineer. I wanted to build things. I, I like, can't hey, point was, at one actor that I because I him. always be wanting to replace one actor. 
I cannot point at one actor in this thing that I would replace. I agree. I thought, I thought the cast, and listen, and I actually have a little trivia about this. They had some other people in mind. So um, they, John Singleton originally had wanted Leonardo DiCaprio to play Remy. He would have killed it too. And Michael Rappaport was going to play Scott Moss. Which again, Michael Rappaport was going to play Scott Moss, who was the the recruiting white supremacist. I think he would have done a great job with that. He would have done a great job, yeah. But DiCaprio was unable to do it because of a scheduling conflict. And so then Singleton made Rappaport play Remy. And then Cole Hauser was cast as Scott. He did. They, they, I love how stuff aligns like that. yeah, he he could have done either. He's a and great I, actor. He's like he has a good range, and he's yes, funny. he does. You know, like when he was in Friday, so he funny. was funny. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And like, so I think, like you said, just across the board with the actor. Let me give you some more little t- trivia mm-hmm. on act on, on who could have been in this movie. Tupac Shakur was originally set to play the role of Malik. But he was jailed shortly after getting the part. He, he, yeah, I can see that too. <laughs> okay, now I this one, y'all, this one is gonna is gonna yeah, especially after seeing a little psychopath. Oh, wait, before I say that one, I'll say this other one. John Singleton also wanted Gwyneth Paltrow to play Christy, and he wanted Juliet Lewis, Juliet Lewis to play Taryn. I think those are things. I can see like like usually when they know Juliet Lewis to see her. When they tell you the second, was she in? Who was oh, second? sis, she was in the other sister. She played the one. Gotcha. Yes, with special I know needs. Exactly, what you're talking yes. about. She would have done a great job. She would have done a great job. It's so funny because usually when you hear, yeah, when you hear those second choices, it's usually like, uh, that'd have been terrible. But like all of those would have been good. It's so good. She was Vivica Fox was considered for Deja. That what that role wasn't that demanding. So I think who. Because she never, she didn't have any big scenes. So I think. I don't know, bro. Because, uh, and again, I think Vivica Fox could have done it. Vivica oh, Fox. Oh, absolutely. I'm I think saying, she could have been a great saying, too. But all the other ones we were talking about. But Deja had, had some scenes, I don't know bro. about Deja, yo. I, Listen, I let, me, let me tell you what scenes Deja had where the, the, the scene had to be brought. Okay. She had to bring that scene where she is her mind is boggled at Malik's behavior. You know, when Malik yes. is like, I honestly, Deja and had think, to- And you think Vivica Fox could have pulled I, that You know what? I do. But it, can I tell you I what love, it's based on? I love Vivica Fox, but I just don't feel like she could have looked like a college student. Well, this was in 95. Uh, no, I, in 95. I, well, mm-hmm. you you need to do some Googling on Vivica, Vivica Fox, honey, because- you I ain't saying that, I'm just saying, I don't know. Oh, well, you need to know. No, don't listen. <laughs> listen, Vivica Fox, honey. Listen, she look back in the day. She was. Oh, oh no, she was. Listen, she was a hot know, I'm saying, I don't. This I don't is, see her in that. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Like I don't. Like, like I, but that's the only one. I see all the other yeah. ones. No, listen. Yeah. This is this is. Let me be very. Let me be very clear, okay? Because <laughs> I own some Vivica Fox movies, okay, honey. She. That's my girl. Don't get me wrong. But when you said it, I said I just don't. It, I, don't I, I had to think it. about it. I, I had to think about it. it. I don't see it. I'm going to tell you what lets me know she could do it. And it's not, it's, it's, it's when she was in this one Lifetime movie. It was a holiday movie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, y'all. Because when I think about like her, her more like mainstream stuff, I don't see it because I think she gets typecast <laughs> into one kind of character. 
Okay. <laughs> but she was in this Lifetime movie and I saw some depth in that Vivica Fox. I said, what you doing, Vivica Fox? So, based on that, based on that. But y'all, get ready. Now, this one, I hope your socks are on tight yeah. because this could knock your socks off. So, Dustin Hoffman was considered for the role of Professor Maurice Phipps. Who, which we even haven't even gotten into his character. Let's we, now segue to that character because you know that if Maurice Phipps had been a white man having to play some kind of mentorship role to a black man about about just accepting the realities of America, it, it would have been another truthful character, but it just would be very different. Yeah, it would have been different, but I, I, I mm. it would have been different. I had to look him but up. I, I was think like, it would have been, but I think it, I think it would have been. That would have been an interesting take. And can I tell you, Sidney Poitier was up for the role at some point. That's another oh, little that factoid. Would have been a good that one. would have been, been very good. powerful. Samuel yeah, Jackson was up for the part at that some would have point. Been good too. Would have been very good. <laughs> that would have been good too. Being a professor of political science. Listen, and he's not even American, uh, or, or he might be American, but he was born in the Caribbean. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That man has been through some things, okay, Ooh, to get to listen. where he is tell. to be sitting there in and that, that faculty office smoking that pipe. That man has been through some things. And that is that is why he played the H-E double hockey sticks out of that character, because mm-hmm. you felt all of that complexity. Because Ooh. what he was trying to say to Malik, and he actually, when he was mentoring any of the students, because he did it in front of the classroom, in front of the whole class, what he was trying to convey to them is that, listen, You have to learn this game. You have to learn it. Being resentful of it doesn't make it go away. Okay, the fact that you know that you may lose at the end because you're set up to lose doesn't matter. You, but you, because you have to play it. You have Mm. to play it. And that's what he was trying to mentor Malik to do. And I really appreciated that they showed that mentorship coming from two different angles. They had the professor mentoring Malik to say, you have to play this game. And they also had Fudge, this super duper senior who for all intents and purposes have been avoiding. I mean, once you're just staying in school, you're holding yourself in any kind of holding pattern. You don't want to advance to the next phase of whatever. You don't want to do whatever's coming next. But Fudge was saying the exact same thing to Malik. He was like, listen, this we're, we're out here in this game. You're behind enemy lines. That's what he was like. He was like, you're behind. We're playing. We're right now. We're in a war and we're behind enemy lines. <laughs> he okay. didn't want him to take that ball, that book from him because it was for class. He was like, I thought you were just oh. reading it for yourself. But you, but you, I you thought you were one of the smart ones, but you ain't, so you got to go. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> He was saying to him, you have got to understand what's happening out here if you're going to navigate it. And we need you to navigate it. You know, mm-hmm. just as the white supremacists were telling the 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 white guys, listen, you need to go and be successful because we need you out there. The black people were saying to the black students, we need you to be out here mm-hmm. and be successful. And that that Professor Maurice Phipps. Oh, listen, I, I I looked it up. There's no there's not awards associated with this. Um, I need to Google some more because I just can't believe he didn't win something for that character. I just thought he did such a good job. Lawrence Fishburne. Let me look again. Everything you touch turns to gold, sir. 
I don't think I've seen a movie that I have been disappointed where you have spoken, even right. a television show. You right, I sis. have not seen anything where I'm like, oh no, it's Lawrence Fishburne. What was you he doing? If anything, I go, oh, say less. I'm in the building. Where can I go? Where's the ticket? How That's can right. I sign up? What channel so good. I mean, do I need I mean, to see Lawrence Fishburne? You're talking about Morpheus, man. Come on, it's Morpheus. Listen, bro, do we need to talk about the um the soundtrack? I don't, I don't. Here's the thing. We're just gonna say it was a great soundtrack. <laughs> there were so because it's true. Like, was it? The, do you well, all want me to read some of these song names to, it, to remind you? What, what all I'm I saying, know is that Mink Condition was on there, honey. Look, they, I, had, I out, they had Outcast. They had it was it was a great Tori Amos, Jeanay, Deeps <laughs> Plum. It was a great soundtrack. They had what I'm saying is is we could get into Raphael conversation that a song? about that. that but, song. but Rafi, but the the uh they have songs that permeated the culture because because like the song about deja so many people don't even know that that character has anything to do with higher learning you know and so that by itself blew my mind i mean i didn't know until that moment yeah they're literally and like I love you, Deja. You know, and you can think about how many people, and to me, that's that's what makes a classic soundtrack. Mm-hmm. When you have songs, even if it's a couple, that actually penetrate, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I learned it was definitely a great soundtrack, definitely. It and the movie, good. and the, the movie, the songs in the movie were great as well. And Bro, is well this placed. one of those ones that you actually had it on CD? Like, is this one that people had the soundtrack on CD? All the way through 2000. Okay. You had every... Both of them. Yeah, you had to have both. Like, 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 like that. You had to... Have, if you just had the movie, you didn't have... You, it, you didn't have all the pieces. And the soundtrack. Got it. Got That's, it. That is why people like Issa Rae, Lena Waithe, um, even people like Ava DuVernay, who are bringing back this culture, I would say, of having the music be just as dope as the acting and the cinematography mm, and yes. all these things. Like they're bringing back that where it's like, oh my gosh, I love this song and I'm going to incorporate it into my everyday life. Like, I appreciate that, that we are getting back to that. I think that that's so mm. dope. I think it's so dope. Mm. So... Mm. All right. Well, y'all Let's now, because you, go, you guys hyped. know, I always scroll mm. through the categories to see if we mm. hit everything. And we did. Oh, now, well, we're very glad. <laughs> oh, boy. Take it to the <laughs> vote, bro. Yes. I, it, it gets my, higher learning gets my Columbus statue. And I also want to say, this is one of the ones I didn't know. I knew I liked the movie, but I didn't know which way I was going to go. Until we got them talking, but yeah, definitely, I, I just think it hits all the points. So it's definitely a classic. Yeah, I did not expect to have the the viewing experience I had. I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. Okay, I just, I, I mean, it's I, I'm not overstating here when I tell you I was blown away. Mm. I was like, what the writing, the story. Like the way the stories were so complicated and 
Ah, it was just so well done because you know what? There could have been a way to overdo this. And it just wasn't overdone. There also could have been a way to underdo it. And frankly, I was more ready for that. I was more ready to say, well, here are the things they probably should have done to really round out this story. No, I have none of that because I just thought it was so thoughtfully written. And then the acting, y'all, I, I honestly, I I just, I felt every single one of those characters. You know what movie? You developed these characters movie, okay? And then the actors, uh, actors, you acted them parts, actors, okay? And, um, and again, I didn't, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know most of those songs on that soundtrack. But the point is, I, I was also paying attention to the music because it, it supported the movie in the perfect way. I just felt like, man, these songs are coming in and it's not just the tone of the songs, it's the lyrics of the songs are making sense in the scene where I'm paying attention to the music. And so I have to tell y'all, I've always been a John Singleton fan. I've been a fan of his because of what he has brought to the industry and his commitment to portraying lots of different facets of Black life in a real way. You know, I've always been a fan of his, but I got to say this, this might be my favorite John Singleton movie. I'm not going to lie to y'all. And I also have to say, if if I was really challenged with writing out like my favorite movies, I got to tell y'all, I think I put this on there. Mm. As, 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 as hard as this content. And y'all have never heard me say that. Have y'all ever heard me say that? I, I don't say that. It. But I really would. I was blown away by this. So it definitely gets my Columbus statue. <laughs> I was like, go ahead, movie. You better have some universal and ongoing themes. <laughs> well, I'm blown I was, away. Listen, from all for all of the things that we've discussed, for my initial, for that, but also my initial reaction to after watching this movie, to where I literally needed a vacation and we had to move our schedule around, <laughs> to knowing that it did that to me, This is, this is a a classic. It absolutely gets my Columbus statue because it is literally a movie that could be copy and pasted to 2022. Like it can, you wouldn't have to change any of the lines. You wouldn't have to say, oh, now, the only thing that would be different is Malik would have had a cell phone to call 911. Like that is literally it. Like the whole thing would have been live streamed. That's that's the thing. All, all would have been the same. It, it right. It would have been same. live streamed as well. Like we would have had some recordings, but like other than but these things are still happening. There you have it, everybody. <laughs> Higher learning is a classic from the right perspective. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, for subscribing, for liking, for sharing. And we'll see you next time. Bye, Love everybody. Love y'all.